2: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: And I want to welcome you to today's program and today's edition of Calvary Live. I am blessed to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I'm here to take your questions and your prayer requests. And you just heard that number, the call-in number, for you to call in and ask a question or to ask for prayer. And I am here to serve you for the next hour, to minister to you, to take you to the Word of God, uh, to pray with you, to encourage you. So call in, grab one of those open lines as soon as the phone starts ringing. We'll go right to the phone lines, 303-690-3000. Again, my name, Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado here with you on another hot day. I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the front range it is indeed another warm day here in Colorado. We've had a hot summer and uh we know that uh that it's going to continue to be warm. But we are in that season. Maybe you're in a season right now spiritually where it's just hot and barren and dry. We want to refresh you with the Word of God, with the comfort of the Lord. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Grab one of those open lines. An hour goes by very quickly, and this is really your show. This is a show uh, that is designated on this hour for you to call and for you to be blessed and to receive answers. I'll do the best that I can, pointing you to the Word of God and to be encouraged in every way. So the call-in number is 303-690-3000. And as a lot of you know, or most of you know that listen regularly to Calvary Live, there's a dedicated text line that you can call in, or not call in, but text in. And that is a dedicated text line only. Be safe when you are texting. And you can text in a question, or you can text in a prayer request. I want to remind you at this time, that that number that I'm going to give to you now seven two zero three three six, zero eight nine seven. That's the text line for texting only. No one will answer. Uh, you can't leave a message. Uh, but as you text, if you uh, choose to do so, that text line is open twenty four seven. I think that's really neat. We're the pastoral staff at Calvary Church in Aurora, where Grace FM originates. Uh, We'll look at those prayer requests, respond to you, and then you'll have people praying for you. So anywhere that you can text that number, 720-336-0897, that you can text in a prayer request. During this hour at Calvary Live, you can text in a question, a prayer request, and as time permits, We will go to those, Uh, but I'd love to see those phone lines ring in 303-690-3000. Not only am I welcoming all the Grace FM listeners along the front range, you are listening live today on this hot Tuesday afternoon, but also I want to welcome those who are listening in other parts of the country and uh, even across the the world, Uh, those who are uh, listening in on the website, On their computers, Uh, we have listeners that can listen from all over the world uh, that pick up the website and listening live to the Grace FM website, and then also you who are listening online, um, and uh, you can call anywhere in the country uh, at 303-690-3000, but welcome those of you who are listening in on Hope FM and on Truth FM on the East Coast. Uh, You too can call in at that number I just gave to you, the call-in number. And as you do, we'll have our conversation, and then it is a week delayed as it will broadcast next week. And so we're so grateful to be a part of your lives there in Maryland and Pennsylvania. Got several calls from the East Coast yesterday, uh, from New Jersey and other parts of of the East Coast. Welcome to Calvary Live. So blessed to be a part of your lives. So we got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. Let's talk about the Lord. Let's go to the word of the Lord. Let's go to the throne of grace in time of need, as Hebrews 4 declares as we pray. And uh, let's encourage one another. I want this program to be a blessing to you as we talk about the Lord and the things that are important to you. So 303-690-3000 on the call-in number and so, couple open lines. Let's go to Robert in Denver. Hi, Robert. Hello. How are you, Robert? You're on you know, Calgary Live.
2: Uh, uh, how are you doing?
3: I'm doing good. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it.
2: Uh, not a problem. So, I, I, I had a question. Um, I'm, I'm a believer in Christ, and I, I you know, I, I believe that uh, there is life after death here on Earth. However, um, the question that I'm calling about is just recently we've had a couple of family members pass away um, after battling with cancer. Um, Now, their children and spouses have asked the question of why, if there really is a God, why does God allow the person to suffer prior, um, prior to dying? Right. So I, I, And I guess I just didn't really know how to answer that. Um, you know, ultimately, I tell them that, that, you know, we aren't a privy to all of, of God's plan um, for each and every one of us, even though He does have a plan um, for each and every one of us, um, and sometimes we're just not a privy to, you know, what His plan is. But I just didn't know, and I guess that what I'm looking for is more of Scripture to be able to, um, you know, help them find that comfort in God.
3: Yeah, and it's a very, very difficult question to, to answer. In the years that I've been a minister, um, I know that I've talked to many who have gone through tremendous loss, difficulties. Um, I've had to um, minister to families that lost a loved one through cancer or through tragedy. Uh, and it's hard. They ask why. Why did this happen? Why did God allow it? And I don't have the definite answer why. Right. I do know this, that we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where there's sin, there's disease, there's sickness, and there's suffering that takes place. It's all part of the consequence of a fallen world. Right. But I know that that doesn't always bring comfort to them, because they want to know, well, if we belong to the Lord, isn't he able to keep that from not happening? I know that um, Jesus said that you will have tribulation not that you might have tribulation. You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. I also know that he said that it rains on the just and the unjust. We read the book of Job, and Job went through tremendous loss, didn't he?
2: Yes, he did.
3: And, And yet when God answered him, he didn't tell him directly why he went through the sufferings that he went through. Keep in mind, Job didn't know that heavenly conversation that was going on between when Satan said, you know, to God, or God said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Have you studied him? Satan said, yes, but you put a hedge of protection around him. Job never was told of that scene. But I don't know why God allows for some and and others, you know, don't experience the same thing. I, I don't know those answers. And You know, when I leave a hospital bed where somebody um, has passed away or visited a family or they lost a child, on my way home, I go home and I think, Lord, what do I say? How do I minister to them? And it's very, very hard. I want to read to you um, from Job chapter 5 that Job, when he went through tremendous loss and right after, you know, he's there. He's grieving. He's in ash heap with sackcloth on and ashes. And he says, But as for me, I would seek God. And to God I would commit my cause, who does great and unsearchable things, marvelous things without number. And he gives rain on the earth, and he sends water on the fields. And he sets on high those who are lowly, and those who mourn are lifted to safety. And in those are words he says that he wounds, but his hands make whole. That I try to just tell people when you're confronted with the things that you don't understand, fall back on the things that you do understand. And I've said this a hundred times to a hundred different people that fall back on the love of Christ, the compassion of Christ. Um, the book of Lamentations, when Jeremiah was weeping over a nation that went through great devastation and destruction and death, he says, The Lord's mercies we're not consumed because his compassion fails not. And that may be hard for them to understand at that time, but to let them know that the Lord sees them, that he cares for them. And then when our hearts are overwhelmed, we can call out to him, for he's our shelter in a high tower. And just just to listen. Um, right. I, I think that when somebody is in real grief and loss and why that we try to come up with a definite answer that we can actually make things worse is what we can do to be honest and just say, I, I don't know, but I do know this, that the Lord is good and he sees you and he loves you and he's still with you and just to listen to them and sit with them and not be miserable counselors like Job's friends were. So it's a hard, hard answer to a difficult question, but um, you know, I think it's important for us as Christians to be there to those who are grieving who are going through that process because it's a very long journey sure. and a very difficult journey and to be able to listen and just to pray with them right. and 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 that's how we can minister to people during that time
2: i understand okay well that's and that's that's kind of where where I was at after after praying and and you know just really seeking the word of God and and, and trying to find, um, you know, how to, how to be able to guide them. And obviously, it's not me guiding them. I truly believe that yeah. it's God using me to guide them. Um, and that's, that's kind of where I was at. I just wanted to make sure that I was seeking biblical counsel as far as, yeah. you know, being able to give, um, you know, the right word and, and be able to help comfort, you know, the family members that I have. So yeah. I appreciate well, it. I really appreciate it.
3: Can I pray for you, Robert, before you Absolutely. get off? Absolutely. Father, I pray for Robert. He asks a very, very honest question, a very difficult question to give an answer to. And particularly when somebody's going through loss, um, they don't understand. But t- to help this family, these, the individuals that he's ministering to, to fall back into things they can't understand. And that is of your love and your provision, the cross, that you didn't leave us without any hope. But we have a living hope that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Lord, even through the bad, that you're working things for good in eternity's perspective. And Lord, just give him the wisdom and discernment to be able to minister and speak those words at the right time. And Lord, just to be there to love and to listen and to weep with those who weep. And Lord, I just pray that um, you would just minister to those who are hurting that he knows. And I thank you for, uh, Robert, just being available to minister to to those who really need uh, the comfort of the brethren. So bless him and guide him in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Well, thank you very much. Appreciate You it. bet,
3: Robert. God bless you.
2: And you have a great day.
3: You too. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. I'd love for you to be able to call in and ask a question or if you need prayer. And it is hard uh, to answer those questions, and uh, when somebody's gone through loss, and I I don't understand it all. I do know that we live in a fallen world where there's suffering and grief and loss, and you know, for us as Christians, to keep in mind that we have a living hope that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and to be with those, to listen, to weep with those who, who are weeping, and just to minister to them the best we know how and a lot of that is listening, listening to them initially and at the beginning and then to try to bring the comfort of the Lord because he's the one that comforts us as second Corinthians chapter one says in all of our tribulations and with the comfort which we've received, then we could comfort others. So hey three oh three, six nine oh three thousand got a couple open lines. Let's go to Thornton where Karen is calling. Hi Karen. Hi. How are you?
0: I'm good, Pastor Jeff. How are you?
3: I'm doing good. (laughs)
0: Um, I have a question about the 12 tribes. There's kind of a uh, three-part question, and um, the first one is, is what is the significance of the 12 tribes? I I recognize that they were Jacob's 12 sons, but, um, you know, there must be something about the 12 tribes, And, and I get that the the Savior's coming through the lineage of Judah, but what about the other 11, the significance, And then the third question is, before um, Christ's second coming, um, will the other 10 lost tribes um, be found? Is that part of before the second coming can happen?
3: Well, I think that uh, (laughs) to dissect this, I don't know exactly why. Just as there's 12 apostles... Uh, as you go to uh, the new heaven and the new earth, there is, you know, the 12 foundations. Um, and there is also the 12 uh, gates there with the names of the 12 apostles. So there seems to be something significant with the number 12 in that. But, uh, you know, uh, the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles. It says in Revelation chapter 21, Um, And then um, the foundation's wall, it gives a description. But there were the 12 tribes, and actually, Karen, there were actually 13 tribes, uh, if you count them all, because who was included uh, into the 12 tribes, the 12 sons of Jacob? Do you remember? Yes,
0: yes.
3: It was Ephraim and Manasseh, the sons of Joseph. So... Yeah, so Ephraim was a name of Israel in general. But you had Manasseh, you had Ephraim, and so they were part of Joseph, Joseph's sons. The 10 northern tribes that you're asking about were taken off into captivity by the Assyrians in 722 BC. So the 10 tribes, there's no record of them returning like the Babylonian tribes. Uh, captivity. The Babylonian captivity was in began in 605 B.C., where Babylon came in and took Judah, the house of Judah, away, which was the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin. They came back from that captivity, but we don't see that with uh, what took place in 722 B.C. The thing about it is, is I don't believe that they're the lost tribes of Israel. God knows exactly where they are. And as you go through the historical books of Second Chronicles, we know that uh, for example, when Hezekiah kept the the Passover, uh, it says the runners passed from city to city in the country of Ephraim and Manasseh as far as Zebulon, uh, and they, you know, asked the people to come and humble themselves. So there was uh, reaching out, not all the people went off into captivity, some were left behind. And then the Assyrians came in and dwelt in that area. They married the Jews, they and the product of that was the Samaritans, the Samaritans that you read about in the gospel accounts. And there was a lot of animosity between um, the uh, Samaritans and the Jews as well. When you go to, for example, Luke's gospel in Luke chapter um, two, it talks about. And there was a man, Simeon, um, uh, and actually I'm going to back up to um, where there was Anna. Um, she was from the tribe of Asher, okay. so she knew where she was from. So they're not lost in a sense that they're lost, and, and there's all these theories of the ten you know, lost tribes of Israel and all that you can go to Israel today and there are those who trace themselves back to different tribes. So, um, there is the ceiling of the 144,000 twelve tribes, right? From the 12 tribes of Israel. And so God knows exactly where they're at, who belongs to those tribes. And, um, and he will do that work in the, uh, 12 tribes of Israel. It is also interesting that when you go, um, you know, when you read it, there's a tribe that's missing out of the 12 tribes of Israel in Revelation chapter 7. Do you remember that? I do not. I think it's the tribe of Dan that is missing. Um, there's Judah, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Naphtali, Manasseh, Simeon, Levi, Issachar, Zebulon, Joseph is included, in Benjamin. So the tribe of Dan is not there. And so, anyway... Uh, when you get another reading, uh, we see that Dan ends up being included in it. So they're not lost, Karen, like they're lost and they have to be found. God knows where they are. He's going to seal these 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes, that includes Joseph, and he's going to use them as evangelists.
0: Yeah. Does that kind of answer your question? It, it, it... It does, but I think I am just a little bit confused on the, on the Joseph. Tell me again, my radio, I was actually on my Bluetooth, and it beeped out when you explained Joseph <laughs> was part of that. Um, well, Joseph,
3: Joseph was the one who had a coat of many colors, Jacob's favorite son. He goes to Egypt in the book of Genesis um, as he was sold off to slavery by his brothers. He has two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. They were included in the 12 tribes of Israel. So later on, when you have the exodus into the wilderness, you have the 12 tribes that are camped. Three tribes on the east side, you can read that in Numbers chapter 2, three on the south, three on the west side, and three on the north side. And then what tribe was in the middle? Do you remember? No. By the tabernacle? It was the tribe of Levi. That was the priestly tribe. Oh, the priests so yes. okay, yes. So when you go to the twelve tribes being divided up, when they go get their allotment, there's the twelve tribes. That includes Ephraim and Manasseh, half of the tribe of Manasseh on one side of the Jordan River, the other on the other side of the Jordan River. And so you had half of the tribe of Manasseh, Gad Reuben, that were on the east side of the Jordan River, and the Levites didn't have an inheritance. The Lord said, I will be in your inheritance. So that's what I mean by that. But God knows where they are. And not all of them left, uh, you know, Israel in that captivity. There were still some that were left behind.
0: Yeah. So it sounds kind of more like a property, like you said, an inheritance. It divides that well, up. But I- Inher- in-
3: inheritance was very important in ancient Israel. So they were given their allotment. And um, inheritance was very important to keep that land. And the Levites were told, you know, you're not going to get an inheritance. They had Levitical cities that they lived in, but then the people gave to the temple. They gave to the priests to support them. And the Lord said, I'll be your inheritance. So the Levitical priesthood didn't have an allotment of land like the other 12 tribes.
0: Interesting, right. huh? Yeah, very interesting,
3: but, yes. Thank you. But, yeah, so look at that, and, um, you know, uh, it's just kind of an interesting study, and I think you'll be blessed by it, okay? Oh,
0: thank you so much, and I appreciate your insight.
3: Have a great day. You too, Karen. Thank you for calling. Three zero three 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs. Love to talk with you. I believe we got all open lines right now. The text line is seven two zero three three six, zero eight nine seven. And one of the things that we've done is uh, here at Calvary Chapel in Greeley is we had a firm foundation class before the COVID hit. And one of the things that we did the firm foundation is to go over some of these things as Christians are new to Bible reading uh, to to understand kind of the outline of the Old Testament you know, the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, the patriarchs of the 12 tribes of Israel. And uh, to, you know, just kind of explain that, it makes it easier later on in their history after the reign of Solomon that the the nation split into the house of Israel, the house of Judah, because people get very confused when they read that. They think the house of Judah, the house of Israel, what's the difference and so it just helps them in the reading in that firm foundation, and, and uh, it helps to understand. And it's important for us to understand the Old Testament as well. And But inheritance was really important. That's how God divided up the land. And there's actually 13 tribes, if you count Ephraim and Manasseh, that were included. So uh, just some historical points to be made here on the show 303-690-3000 is the number to call the calling number please give me a call we got all open lines love to hear from you the text line is 720-336-0897 and uh, you can text in a question or a prayer request and so let's go to the text line and uh, it says can angels a question take on the appearance of people and the answer to that is yes. And we see that in the scriptures. Um, they are uh, ones that uh, it's interesting that Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2 instructs us, don't neglect to show, um, to entertain uh, strangers, for some have entertained strangers uh, or angels unaware. And so um, we know that in uh, Abraham, in the book of Genesis, chapter 18, I believe, that Abraham welcomed three men in the plains of uh, where he lived, and these men walked, talked, sat down, ate, just like normal men, but they were not men. They were angels. We know that it was in Luke's gospel, the account of the resurrection. I believe it's Dr. Luke that writes in his account how when Mary came back to the tomb, she saw two men in the appearance of men in white robes, but they were angels. So, You know, the Bible says, don't forget to entertain strangers. You know, um, some have entertained angels unaware or unknowingly. Uh, Be careful. Uh, But I I wonder sometimes, you know, maybe that person at church that you sat next to that you hadn't seen before, could have been an angel? Probably not. But uh, they can't take on the appearance of people. So that's what the Bible declares to us. Um, another question comes in, how can I listen to God in my time of prayer and reading the Bible? When you read the Bible, you are listening to God. And so that's primarily how the Lord speaks to us is through his word, but also through the still small voice of the Lord. And so, um, you know, the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And sometimes that, um, as we're sensitive to the, to hearing from the Lord, uh, he will speak to you just as he's spoke to to Elijah in the cave in that still small voice. And uh, we need to be sensitive to hearing the Lord. But here's the thing. In that, it will never contradict what the Word of God has to say. So primarily that we hear from the Lord um, and we read the Word of God as we're in prayer, but then He begins to speak to us in a still small voice. And we know that as we go to Him, as Isaiah chapter 30 says, that as we go to Him, And then Isaiah 30 says, as we wait on him, that he promises to be a voice, you know, behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. Go to the left, go to the right. And oftentimes people ask me this, particularly, how do I know God's will? Uh, When it comes to specific decisions that, that I have to make, should I take this job? Should I buy that house? Do I continue this relationship with this person that I'm dating? You know, all kinds of things. And I believe that the Lord wants to give us a peace that rules in our hearts, and he wants to guide us and direct us and speaks to our hearts. But we got to be sensitive to the Lord, and we've got to pass everything through the word of the Lord. And sometimes I get people that say, well, God has brought this into my life, and I'm to do this, and it's definitely contrary to what the word of God says. So check everything through the word of God and be sensitive to the leading of the Lord That's what's the wonderful thing about being a Christian, is that we have the Holy Spirit to speak to us in that still, small voice. Um, But it will be according to the will of the Lord, the peace of the Lord, um, not contradict the word of the Lord. So uh, keep in the word. Keep praying. Keep uh, being sensitive to hearing the still, small voice of the Lord, just like Elijah. Um, The Lord wasn't in the wind. It wasn't in the fire, the earthquake that happened but the still small voice of the Lord. Hey, all open lines, give me a call, 303-690-3000 as we enter into the second half. You hear the music, we're going to go to break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Calvary Live.
2: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303 690 3000 or text us at 720 336 0897. Let's join
0: Calvary Live right now.
3: Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. This is Pastor Jeff Biggs of Calvary Greeley in Northern Colorado with you today. So blessed to be with you. You just heard those two numbers where you can call in a question or a prayer request or text in a question or a prayer request. We got a couple open lines. Love for you to be able to call in, be a part of the show. Uh, welcome everyone. And I know that we're in August, that perhaps people are trying to get some vacation time in or uh, finishing up summer plans before school starts. I want to remind us that, to pray for the teachers and for the kids going back. I know it's been a difficult season in different school districts all along our listening area, whether it's here in Colorado or Wyoming or off on the East Coast, wherever you're at, that different uh, decisions have been made and it hasn't been easy for our kids. Uh, We are getting just kind of the feedback that the isolation has been hard, it's been difficult. Uh, So we want to pray for our kids. We want to pray for the teachers that are going to be teaching and doing their best, whether it's online and whether it's in person and just all the the decisions that are being made and the uncertainty and being safe and all that. This has not been an easy, easy time. And also be praying for the churches as well, as the pastors are having to make different decisions uh, concerning um, in-person services and things like that. And I just pray that you would um, just consider them um, as uh, you go to uh, your time of prayer to others, and uh greatly appreciate it appreciate you teachers, you Christians that are teachers, professors um, uh, that you're such a blessing to be a light in the places that you're at, and we'll do that in the show here in just a little bit. do want to let you know also that um, we are doing in person services here at Calvary Greeley eight thirty ten thirty on Sunday morning. We got the backyard open, been doing outdoor services. We will do that for the next three weeks. Uh, Here till the end of August and then we'll bring everything back inside and we'll let everybody know what exactly that entails Get the kids back in the classrooms But right now we have the outdoor services. We have room in the sanctuary for people to sit So if you don't like sitting outside, it's just too much Uh, You can be very comfortable with spacing in the sanctuary in the coffee shop as well So we encourage you to come and uh, and we're studying the book of Matthew. It's been an incredible study. And then Wednesday nights, we're doing online only. And that is in the book of Jeremiah. Incredible study. So uh, check us out where we're located, Calvary Chapel o r g. And we as Christians, you know, fellowship is so important. And I know that some of you that because of concerns or health issues uh, that you want to continue online, God bless you. We can connect that way. Or in person, uh, be available, and we'll do everything we can to keep you safe and to minister to you. So, uh, CalvaryChapelGreeley.org, O-R-G. Also, you can watch the services on our Facebook page, uh, Calvary Chapel Greeley, as well. So, love to see you. Uh, We do have an open line, 303-690-3000, is the number to call to uh, be on the show. And then the text line is 720 three three six zero eight nine seven. Bring those text questions in and prayer requests. Let's go to Nicole in Windsor. Hi Nicole.
1: Hi, Pastor. Um How are... have to excuse me, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> um,
3: you don't have to be nervous. To... Not at all.
1: I try to get through this without <laughs> crying. Um okay. I uh um, you yeah, know, like majority of people, um, have been struggling a lot, you know, with all this, you know, uncertainty with the quarantine and the virus and stuff. And, um, I went through something pretty traumatic, um, a couple of years ago and, um, I don't know, I just like, <clears throat> I, uh, have made some horrible, you know, decisions as far as coping skills, um, mm-hmm. You know, I uh, grew up um, in a free will Baptist um, setting. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that um, a particular a little bit. denomination. Um, but it was very, um, you know, and I'm not slamming you know, the church at all, um, you know, but it was very cult-like, I would say. Like, um, you know, I mean, I remember a little, little kid, as doing as I can remember, so in Sunday school, being taught that, you know, if you sin, you know, God is going to be furious at you, and, you know, like, you're going to cross a, a line, and once you cross that line, there's no going back, and God's done with you. Like, you know, they would teach that to, you know, seven, eight-year-olds, yeah. and, you know, so I have never seen God as a loving father. Yeah. And I, I think I crave that so much, you know, as my uh, you know, earthly father, you know, we don't have a very good, you know, race, and we very much want to, you know, believe that, you know, God is you know, a loving God and, and a forgiving God and a God of second chances. But I just honestly, yeah. like, just can't get myself to believe it. Like, you know, um, I, uh, you know, like, I know it's, it's not right. I know it's, you know, far from the truth, but, you know, the way I perceive it, I think it comes from being a little girl, you know, being taught all this stuff. You know, thankfully we end up leaving the church and um, get involved in a, you know, more of a Southern Baptist um, um, community. Um, You know, like, but, you know, I just, like, you know, I just have such a warped, like like, mindset. Like, you know, I feel like, like, God, like, Jesus died to save us from His Father, from God you know, this punishing, you know,
3: mad, you know, just, you know... Angry. Can, angry you know, God. Judgmental like, God. Yeah. I'm
1: just like, I'm time so I sorry. mess up or, you know, it's like I can't go him, and so I go to earthly comforts, and it's hey, been destructive.
3: Yeah, of course it has been, because, you know, you've been taught that God is angry, he's a mean old man leading over the banister of heaven with this long white beard, with the lightning bolts ready to zap you if you get out of line. And, exactly. And I'm so sorry that that was taught to you. You know, a couple of things I want you to think about. Number one, in that upper room, they said, Show us the Father that it may suffice us. And Jesus said, Ah, oh, Philip. And I think he said it with great compassion. He said, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And what he was saying is, if you want to know what the heart of God is, look to me, know me, yoke yourself with me, walk with me. He said, that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And sometimes we picture God the Father as this angry God, you know, Old Testament judgment, and Jesus kind of running around, running interference, saying, oh, please don't hurt them. He said, you want to know the heart of the Father? You want to know the Father, know me, full of compassion and love. One of the things that I just mentioned, Nicole, is that on Sunday we're going through Matthew's Gospel. And we're going to go over here in a couple weeks that Jesus goes to Matthew, who's sitting at the tax office, and he said, follow me, and he arose and followed him we kind of read over that and don't think a whole lot about it. I mean, it's amazing that he just left everything and followed him. But Matthew, we know from Luke's narrative and from Mark's gospel that his name was Levi. So what that tells us is, is that Matthew named Levi. We don't know if Jesus changed his name to Matthew, which means gift of God, or if It wasn't uncommon for Jewish men to have two names, but his name was Levi, is what Mark and Luke says. He probably, very possible, most likely, came from the tribe of Levi. I mean, he wasn't from the tribe of Issachar, and they named him Levi, but he was from the tribe of Levi, which means that he would have been from that priestly tribe. He could have been... A Levite that helped the priests at the temple, or he could have come from a priestly family that did, you know, the priestly uh, things in the temple and and the duties there in Jerusalem. I think that hmm. perhaps that Levi and just kind of s- stay with me here just for a minute. That Levi okay. had parents that said, "Levi, you got to study the scriptures. You got to know the Old Testament." You know, and he did, because Matthew quotes from the Old Testament far more than the other three gospel writers. He says that it might be fulfilled, and he he quotes from Isaiah, he quotes from the other Old Testament books. So he was one that he studied. He grew up in a religious home. He grew up in a home where the law was taught, where religion was taught, is very important, and then he becomes a tax collector. What happened to Levi? What happened to where he went from a Levitical family growing up, his parents, I imagine just saying levi you 're going to be down working at the temple you 're going to be there, your lot's going to come up you 're going to be at the magnificent temple you're going to you need to be worthy enough, you need to be good enough and he ends up being a tax collector now, tax collectors were hated, especially by okay. the Jews and the religious leaders. There were two classes, according to rabbinical writing. There was the general tax collectors, and then there was another class that would run a tax station. And what Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell us is that he's at the tax table there in Capernaum. He was running that tax table. He was of that class that had to bid for his position to give the money to Herod Antipas, who was the ruler— so that Herod Antipas could pay off Caesar so he can keep his power. That's how the Caesars became very rich. So Matthew right. is a head tax collector and they hated them. They hated Matthew and you're a traitor. You came from the tribe of Levi. You came from a Levitical, you know, tribe, uh, Levitical family, maybe from a priestly family and you became one of the tax gatherers that is a traitor to our nation, and you're working for Caesar, and he would be looked down upon the religious establishment. He would be considered no better than an unclean animal, that there was no way of salvation. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes up to him and looks at him. He saw the man, it says. And he says, follow me. And all of a sudden, here comes Jesus with those eyes of compassion and those eyes of love. And I think Matthew had been watching Jesus and teaching with authority, not like the scribes and the Pharisees. He had been watching Jesus in the miracles that he was working. And he comes up and he looks at Matthew, not with hate, not with despise, not looking down like everybody else, but with love and said, come follow me. You know what is interesting, Nicole? Is that Matthew, why did he become a tax collector? There may be a hint in Matthew's gospel. He uses the word hypocrite in his gospel more than all the Bible put together, the rest of the Bible. He saw the hypocrisy of the religious leaders, of the, you know keeping the law of the the condemnation and the judgment and all of that and he said forget it i'm just going to be a tax collector and all of a sudden it was jesus that said follow me not follow the law not follow the elders you know the traditions of the elders not follow religion but you follow me and he left everything and he gained everything by working for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He saw the hypocrisy, and that's what you saw. And he gazes at you, and he sees your heart, and he loves you, and he has great compassion for you. I think and, and that like,
1: there's so much. I'm, like, I'm not, you know, I don't want to like, come across as so like, That's not it at all. But, like, you know, like you, you know, you hear about, like, you know, people who, you know, have had, you know, medical stuff happened to him and mm-hmm. die like that. You know, um, but like, uh, um, the little boy, um, you know, who died on the table or whatever, and he, you know, met you know Jesus. Like, I crave that, that, that peace away from this world so yeah. much because my life has been nothing but chaos, and I know it's been self, you know, inflicted and you know, for my own free will, my own decisions, but I just, like, want that mm-hmm. that that unconditional love. I want that, that peace to walk, you know, like, to walk with God and Jesus, yeah. you know, like, I, I crave that, like, so much that, you know, like, that's, you know, I just yeah. feel like I don't belong in this world.
3: It, you do. You have worth. You are so valuable to the Lord. That when he took that cross and walked down that Via Della Rosa in the way of sorrows into that place of execution, he was thinking about you. It was because of his love for you, Nicole, that he went. And he did it, and he proved his love as he hung on that cross because he knew all about you. He knew what you would go through. He knew that you'd be calling Calvary Live today. And he says, I love you. And it was his love for you that kept him up on that cross. And he says that come to me all of you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. And take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and lowly in heart. You'll find rest for your soul for my yoke is easy, my burden's light. The burden of the world is heavy. The burden of religion is heavy. You take on the burden of Jesus Christ and you follow him, not religion, not all the legalistic stuff you follow him because he loves you and he has a plan for you, and you know what happened after Jesus said that on that hillside in Galilee? There was a woman that came in to a house that Jesus was having dinner and began to weep and to you know fall at jesus' feet and she washed his feet with their tears and dried them with their hair and and the people gasped they said, if he only knew what kind of woman was touching them. And, and here is a woman that was looked down and despised, and Jesus looked at her, and she looked into the eyes of God himself and said, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Listen, Nicole. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And he looks into your heart, and he sees you, all the doubts, all the pain, all the sorrow, and he says, "I love you and put it under the blood of Jesus, and he desires for you to know that your life is valuable to him, and you have worth it, and that He loves you, and he wants to do so much in your life. Sit at his feet, be there, OK?. okay. Follow him, not religion. And the thing about Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind, I press forward to those things which had the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And you just keep walking with him and allow him to comfort you and to heal you and to you to just know him, know him. And you're going to see the compassion and the love that he has that will never end. He'll never stop loving you. Okay, Nicole, can I pray for you? Yeah, Father, I pray for Nicole that she Lord, she knows that she has sinned, she's made some bad decisions, but you are there with open arms, ready to receive her even now. And Lord, I pray that you would just press upon her heart your love for her. She's she's known you since a little girl. But Lord, a warped view has been given. And you are are God of love and compassion and Lord of gentleness. And you're the one that says, come to me. And that's an invitation to all of us. So I pray Nicole would know that she can. Lord, that you would just touch her heart and to know of your love in a deep way and compassion and faithfulness that you'll never stop loving her. Your love is unconditional, unsearchable, unmeasurable, undescribable. So Lord, I pray that you would comfort Nicole, that she would find a group of Christians that would be able to comfort her and minister to her and receive her with love, and that she would know that you'll never leave her or forsake her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Nicole? Uh-huh. You're close by, so you call us anytime you need anything, okay?
1: Thank you. I, uh, I think it's just hard, like, you know, because you know, I'm kind of, like, you know, new-ish to the area. And, you know, like, every single church, you know, I've looked into is, you know, closed or streaming online and stuff like that. And I think it's just, like, super important, you know, to have that fellowship and stuff with all the you know restrictions and you know stuff going yep. on. Like, we
3: got we got a backyard doing outdoor services in the backyard, eight thirty, ten thirty. You are what, welcome.
1: What church is it? Calvary mm-hmm.
3: Chapel Greeley. I'm up here in Greeley.
1: And Just I right live down like the street. Right in between Greeley and Windsor, like in the promontory yeah. not the promontory area, but yep. yeah. You're like probably like ten minutes State away. Farm.
4: Yeah.
3: You come. And you're going to be ministered to, and you're going to be blessed. Okay.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much.
3: Don't be Don't be afraid, and be in that fellowship. Eight thirty, ten thirty, backyard.
1: Okay. And then if,
3: if you come, you come and say hello to me. All right. Okay. All right. Thank I'm you, counting Pastor. on it. God bless you, Nicole. Thank you.
1: Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
3: I know I took a little time with Nicole, but it she needed it. Let's go to Mike in Westminster. Hi, Mike.
4: Hey, Pastor, how you doing, sir?
3: I'm good. Um, thanks for calling.
4: Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Um my question was just it's a pretty simple one and I, I it was just out of curiosity really, is you know, I know like there's a couple examples of where God during his ministry you know, would say to certain people, you know, your sins have been forgiven. Now grab your mat and walk or, or, you know, things like that. Or like when the guy was dropped down in the in the roof on a stretcher yeah. from his friends and, you know, he had forgiven his sins. It's just curious to me on how he was, I mean, I know he's God, so he's able to do anything, but like how he was able to forgive sins prior to his death on the cross.
3: Yeah, and that that is a question because we're actually going to go over that in Matthew's Gospel this Sunday. The the man who was sick with palsy dropped through the roof, and Jesus says, "Your sins are are forgiven." And then, what did the religious leaders do? They said, "Who can forgive sin but God? This is blasphemy." Right. And and so Jesus said, "Get up and walk." To prove that he has power in the words that he speaks. And I, it's the same with the woman that I just talked about who came to Jesus and wept, and he said, your sins are forgiven you, go in peace. Um, he hadn't died on the cross, but it was looking forward to it. It was okay. their faith that saved them, looking forward to that. And, and Paul makes that case, I think, in the book of Galatians and the book of Romans. How were you saved in the Old Testament? There was the the sacrifices that were given that covered sin, right? Uh, right. It was an incomplete work. Uh, Jesus' death on the cross was complete, but he makes the case that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So he said it's faith. It's faith that's sure. always been that way. And so they look forward to the cross. We look back to the cross in the finished work of the cross okay. that Jesus died once and for all. And I believe, you know, God can forgive sin, but Jesus was going to die for the sins of the world. And I think it's just looking forward to what he was going to do in the in sure. the months ahead. So
4: Okay. Yeah. Cool, thank you. Uh one You've last had... thing real quick if you don't mind. I yeah. was just uh I I don't know what my spiritual gift is and I'm really wanting to know what that is and I just didn't know if there's any resources you do or Bible studies that I could get my hands on that would help me identify that.
3: Yeah, it, online there is okay. in our teachings the book of Romans that goes over spiritual gifts. I um and you can uh Romans chapter twelve speaks of that. You can go to those teachings okay. that I did. I think we just had it on the radio, and we go over the gifts of the spirit and then of course also first Corinthians chapters twelve uh particularly that speaks of those gifts as well. but it's good to know right. what your spiritual gift is, so um yeah. you can um you know you can exercise and and sure. to do a little study on that so um, okay. But those are resources, the teaching, and then also uh, you might go to. Uh, um, why is it leaving my mind? You know those studies and those chapters, uh, Enduring Word, David Guzik. Um, that's a good commentary to go to, okay. and then Blue Letter Bible. Okay, that's yeah. a great resource to go to as well.
4: Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your time, sir.
3: Thank you for calling, Mike. Appreciate it. All right. Three oh three, six nine oh three thousand. And Andrea from Texas had a question on Second Thessalonians. I guess she dropped off. She had been waiting a little bit. Second Thessalonians chapter two. Would have loved to hear that question, but that is a portion of scripture that people ask about oftentimes. And So they can, um, you know, uh, she had it. too bad we didn't have that conversation. Text question, will the Holy Spirit be present in the time of the tribulation? Yes. The church will be raptured before the tribulation, and there are those who teach, well, the Holy Spirit will be gone. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit in Christians, the church will be gone, but we do have tribulation saints, people that become believers in the tribulation period— and so um, and uh, people will come to Christ and they can't come to Christ without the work of the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit's still going to be working, and there's going to be actually a great revival that will take place in the tribulation period, Revelation chapter seven from every tribe, tongues, people, and nations, and uh, uh, it's going to be difficult for them. there's going to be great tribulation um, so uh, there will be the work of the Holy Spirit in those times. Hey, we're getting close to ending um, our our show. It's been a great show. And this really is a show to minister to people, to share the love of Jesus Christ. And, and I think that um, as we've had our conversations today, maybe some of you, as this has been a dry season and a difficult time in so many ways, that maybe you're feeling distant from the Lord, or does the Lord care? He's allowed this to happen, what we're going through, all of us, with the pandemic, but maybe you're going through something that has nothing to do with COVID. Maybe it's circumstances, or maybe it's other health issues, or confusion. And one of the things that we're hearing, particularly with you young people, is worth, that I don't feel like I'm, I'm worthy, or the Lord loves me, or I'm not valuable, I want you to know this truth, that Jesus loves you so much. And that's why he went to the cross to die for you. And he will never stop loving you. And And maybe someone has made you feel, or, you know, religion or whatever, that you can't come back to the Lord. Listen, he has open arms, and he's saying to you, come home, come to me. And it's in that picture of the prodigal son as the father went to the end of the road and when he saw his son come back, that he received him with open arms. And I think, I wonder why the father went you know, to the end of the road. I think he went there every day waiting for his son to come back. So you come home. You come home to him. He has loving arms ready to receive you. Repent from what you're doing. Turn away from what you're doing. This world is not your hope. Jesus is your hope. And he is the one that has genuine love and compassion. And he loves you and never will stop loving you. And may that be a message that we give to others because they need to hear that message. Hey, thanks everyone for calling, being part of the show. God bless you. It's been a privilege being with you. Stay close to Jesus. We'll talk to you next time.